Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs, and welcome to Warrior Desho's second stream. It's one of our premium podcasts. I have a premium beer, and I'm a not-so-premium kind of guy, depending on who you ask. I'm Shaden, and unfortunately, I am doing this one solo again today. Doc has now recovered uh, from whatever terrorist instance he was involved in, whether I was abducted by aliens. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming, like, you know, something like that that happened, but unfortunately, he's not here today due to a minor medical issue. It's nothing, you know, it's nothing serious. He's just otherwise not really able to talk much right now, uh, which is to my benefit and your loss, I'm afraid, because it means you're stuck with me. Also, my camera's inverted the wrong way around this week, but who cares? It's fine. Anyway, we're here to cover the final two episodes of Vivi Flori Eyes' song, um, because this show has been awkward all the way through in terms of its structure, in terms of episode counts. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of an awkward one to fit around our usual schedule. So indeed, we are here to uh, cover these final two episodes. There was a special release just uh, in the past week or so, actually, yes, and episode 14, whatever that is. Uh, this episode 14 is just a recap of everything that happened. I haven't bothered watching it. I don't feel any need to watch it. No one's even mentioned it to me. I just happened to spot it when I was re-watching the episodes earlier today. And to be frank, given how I feel about how the show ended, I that's why I have no inclination to watch it. I don't care. Um, spoilers for my mood for the rest of the day and the rest of the stream here on this one. I'm not going to have a lot of nice things to say, unfortunately. Some good stuff here and there, of course, though. I will definitely be talking about that. This will probably also be a short stream as a result, because for one, it's me flying solo. You've got to listen to the sound of my voice and no one else's, which for some people is a good thing, and for many others is a terrible, horrible thing that should be banned under the UN Convention. Um, and secondly, because we've only got two episodes and there's not an awful lot to say about them, but I nonetheless do have things to say, and we do have patron questions to answer. Speaking of which... Um, we, you know, if you want to get involved in our Patreon for a little while, ask us a couple of questions about the shows we're going, get involved in picking our next round, pop over to patreon.com forward slash Roy Show and have a look there, see what you think. Uh, plenty of rewards for all involved who get involved in there, and also access to our Discord, where we've got a lovely community of wonderful people of sterling character. You can quote me on that, put it on the box if you want. Um, and it is indeed our patrons who are getting the questions near today. Uh, by the way, for you, those of you who might be listening to this free swear and thinking to yourself, wait a goddamn minute. Um, do I get a plot summary of this? these episodes or not? We historically don't do plot summaries for uh, stuff we cover on Second Stream or Desho the Third. We will provide context as we go through talking points, and that's what I plan to do here. Um, I am going to rely somewhat on chat to clarify a couple of small bits here and there, because these episodes were mildly confusing to me. Things didn't make sense. Uh, things happened, I thought, wait a minute. That doesn't seem right. Not sure about this. A lot of beard uh, scratching and uh, rumination was necessary, and I came no... Uh, clearest to an answer on that. But anyway, uh, so, patron questions right after our quick sip of this lovely little cloud water beer. Mm, that's a good IPA, that. Right, first batch of questions uh, comes from uh, Johnny Rackham, uh, also known as uh, Bottom Tier Rackham previously, but he shed his bottom tierness. He was always a top tier guy, though, to be fair, is Rackham. He's a good lad. Uh, but he asks the following. Do you believe the Vivi we see at the very end is the same one we've been watching or a copy or sister robot made in her honour? So, 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 so. <laughs> oh, God. So, okay. This ending, this after credit sequence in episode 13, what happens essentially is that Vivi goes back in time again and 
manages to sing her way, I think, maybe, it's not clear, I'll talk about that separately, into causing the Archive to not destroy humanity, although it gets a bit pissed at that. But again, separates the point at hand. Uh, but in doing so, Vivi deactivates because the, sing the song that she's singing will deactivate all AI in the world that have been connected to the Archive, including her, except Elizabeth... I'm not going to dwell on that because honestly, this this whole like ending set of uh, this whole like ending set of episodes feels like it's barely holding together. It is a house of cards that will collapse if you don't actually put your hands around it. Like a stiff breeze would literally cause this show to fall apart at this point. But anyway, uh, besides the point, what happens is after the credits, Vivi uh, Vivi reawakens. Um, she now has short hair, which is the nicest thing I can say about this post-credit sequence. She looks very cute with short hair. I will be honest about that. Matsumoto says, hey, your name is Vivi. You're here to sing and make people happy with your singing. There are people outside. Let's go. She wakes up in a sort of random room that has just one chair and a piano, and I have no idea why it's laid out like that. It's very strange. Um, it's ostensibly meant to be like a, you know, happily ever after for our heroine who's been through so much, but it's also kind of crap. But anyway, do I think it's the same one we've watched, been watching or a copy or sister robot made in her honour? <sighs> Given that Matsumoto is there and is the one relaying this information to her, I'm inclined to believe that it is Vivi who's brought back just with absolutely no memories. But the honest thing I can say is I don't think it really matters. It's just a happily ever after that's cheaply tacked onto the end of the show and in a way, actually kind of undermines its ending a little bit. I'll get into that separately. But it the whole thing, like, just feels so cheap. Um, it doesn't matter to me, like, you know, whether or not it is the same Vivi we've been watching or a copy or a sister. Or, like, hey, she gets, like, a happy ending, and that's all well and good, and that's nice and all, but... I don't know. Just felt like it came completely out of left field because it wanted to fill out time, perhaps. Anyway... Next question from Rackham uh, goes something like this. Considering the obvious tension that was caused by the AI uprising, do you find it significant that the Vivi at the end is, an in, is in a separated enclosed performing space as opposed to having no barriers between her and her human audience? Ah, that drink was to help me cope. Um, well, Matsumosa did say let's go, so they were, she was planning on leaving that room anyway, so there's no enclosure or, like, restrictions from her being there. Never mind that if there is such paranoia about AI in this, uh, you know, post-post-apocalypse where things are back to normal, why is she even allowed to come back? That in itself could be something that would be interesting to discuss. I don't know. Doesn't matter, uh, because, again, it's a very, very cheap tax on closing scene. Um, so, no, I don't think, for one, that she is actually enclosed, and for two... The show, like the questions that Rackham is asking here, and I mean no disrespect, like I shows the, que the like sorry, are questions that the show itself should have answered. Do AIs like broadly accepted again um, after the post 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 apocalypse? You know, after the credits, like in whatever span of time has passed between the end of the war and when we see short haired Vivi, like these are questions that are things the show should be asking and should be interrogating about itself and its overall intended outcome, what it wants to say to us. Popping this out at the end is just crap. I hate it, to be quite honest. I actually think it also undermines the ending of the show because for better or for worse, like the show, the show's overall conclusion is, okay, Vivi didn't actually stop the initial stages of the war. Many people, tens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of people were still killed by the AI going apeshit. 
that has still happened. We see a human curb stomping, kicking, like, you know, stamping on an AI um, that's now deactivated in the closing credit sequence. They are no longer likes. Like, the damage is done. AI, for a better, like, you know, are now wiped out, basically. They're never going to be made again, never going to be reactivated. They are functionally extinct, I would say, if you want to define them as a different species, which the Archive certainly feels so inclined to do, so I might as well take its word there. So, that, that, that though, like, then her coming back, like, okay... What, did that, like, was there, like, a change in, like, viewpoint in this world of Vivi that, oh, uh, okay, maybe AIs aren't all so bad because Vivi herself wasn't so bad? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, this is something the show should be answering. I shouldn't have to interrogate it and try and figure this out. I don't mind, like, answering questions about subtext and meaning and all that, but there's nothing here for me to work with. The show needs to give me something anything about this horse crap ending that allows me to answer this question with more substance than just speculation like i shouldn't like you know we're plugging holes near and the fact the script at the end is just gash it's terrible I i'm really not fond of it in case you haven't noticed i'm so sorry next question from rackham did the fact that the series spends so much time on Vivi and Matsumoto focusing on keeping relations between AI and humanity healthy, only for the cause of the uprising to be something else entirely, affect your opinion on the series in any negative way? Yes, but I'm actually going to flip this, turn this upside down. I think that what's happening with Vivi and Matsumoto in the show is absolutely fine because it parallels many of the actual stories uh, and story arcs in the show up until this point. Like, for example, with Estella and Elizabeth, uh, with Dosaki and Grace. Um, God, what was the other one? With Antonio and um, Ophelia. Like, these are partners, sisters, husband, uh, colleagues. Like, you know, there's various spins on these kind of relationships where they work together. Um, so I think that, um, the idea of them having this, like, focus on them two as a, as a partnership, like, you know, where they're working to fulfill the Singularity projects is absolutely fine. It is everything else around it. The whole, like, skeleton of the show being about what the archive says it needs to do, why it's doing what it's doing, that is problematic in my opinion. Um, so... I don't mind the focus on them too. I think it gels. I think it meshes with everything we've seen that comes before. It is a spin on the theme of companionship, of people having best interests, uh, their partner's best interests in heart, you know, and ultimately how Matsumoto learns to have Vivi's interests at heart rather than what we saw of him in the very first couple of episodes where he was basically tossing around like a ragdoll and he was going full fucking renegade, like kill them all, ends justify the means. He's softened. He's learned from her. That's all good. I like that. I like it a lot. I don't like everything else that's covered around it with the archive and why it's doing what it's doing. I will address that separately, though. But to answer Rackham's question, no, the focus on the relationship is fine. The focus instead on the archive's plans is garbage. All right, quick sip. Mm. Ah, boy, oh boy. Right, uh, let's see. Next question is uh, from Rackham and goes, has this show in any way changed the way you think about artificial intelligence, its potential and its possible future use towards creating something akin to sentient or living beings? No, 
And I'm going to be fair here. I'm saying no not to be derisive towards the show. I'm saying no because it doesn't offer anything new. Now, that is not necessarily the show's fault. I'm not saying that every single AI-centric like story or futurism story like this has to do that. It'd be nice if they did. Because Lord knows our world has changed substantially since, like, I keep referencing Asimov, and that's obviously been a, many decades since he wrote those stories. But... Um, the central thesis that Vivi has, I think, because it seems confused on this point when we get into the final couple of episodes, is that we have to be careful how we shape AI, um, because if we give them like a certain set of rules or restrictions, will they operate inside of them to still do things we cannot possibly foresee because we lack the foresight as creators of a new form of life? Uh, what freedoms do we give them, if any? Like, Or do we make them completely free and then risk like, you know, an uprising? Um that kind of thing, you know. It is about how we choose to shape AI in the same, like, you know, as in the same way we would give birth to someone. Like, you know, how do we choose to raise them? What what influence do we have on them? What do we impart on them? Um, but the thing is, like, that's not a new idea in AI-based fiction. Like, in fiction about AI's artificial intelligence, synthetic life. Um, I recently completed, for example, the Mass Effect trilogy again. And for all its flaws, that did consider that as well. Uh, Asimov's stuff. Again, the three laws of robotics. The robots will operate inside those laws in ways that we cannot uh, or will not necessarily predict because we're too short sighted. Uh, can't say things right. <laughs> seashells, seashells. Because we're too short sighted. You know, that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, I always agreed with the concept, the conceit of, hey, if we're going to make artificial intelligence, we need to have a very long uh, and in-depth like discussion and collaboration amongst many people, experts, scientists, you know, ethicists, you name it, in order to create AI in such a way where we don't like violate its freedoms, but also don't like, you know, give it a purview to destroy us, because otherwise we're not gonna make it, of course. You're not gonna we're not gonna like, you know, put something in the world out there so that's gonna end up destroying ourselves all the way climate change is going. Yeah. So, so no, I don't think this show has made me change the way I think about it. The, the other thing that I will address with this, though, is that the Archive makes the point that humans have become too dependent on AI in the world of Vivi. Now, beyond whatever I might think about how the show handles this, um, spoilers terribly, uh, badly... Um, the idea of humans becoming dependent on AI, like in Vivi had potential because it was addressing it from an angle I don't often see. When I've mentioned the Asimov books before and the like the infamous like shoe seller example where labor is what AI is replacing, what we don't often see is the flip side to that, which is emotional connection, you know, uh, comfort, that kind of thing. I mean, we've already had that addressed a couple of times here and there in Vivi the show. We had it with Sayaki and Grace, for example. We had it with... Um, Toad guy, the cyborg dude, whatever his name was, and his piano android, uh, you know, and how he, like, felt, like, like, hurt by, like, you know, his loss, like, those treats so trivially. Uh, we have Dr. Matsumoto, the real-life Dr. Matsumoto, that is, uh, you know, and how Vivi influenced him, like, guided his life, like, you know, inspired him. Maybe that's a bad thing. So, there are elements of that in the show, um, but the show, in my opinion doesn't do a good enough job of making those um, elements like feel that they support this thesis, that the entirety of humanity does that. If you actually want 
a work that does cover this well, in my opinion. You'd be well served looking up Spike Jonze's Her. It's a 2013 film with Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, and it is about how the uh, Joaquin Phoenix's like character is this like uh, extremely lonely, um, like depressed individual. It's been a while since, so I may be slightly misunderstood, but basically he is desperate for connection, for to, to feel like he can relate to someone. And so he installs a new operating system. This is, by the way, not... He doesn't install the operating system to accomplish his parameters as a side effects, but he gets an upgrade where he gets an operating system named Samantha or Sam, which is voiced by Scarlett Johansson. And it's, for all intents and purposes, a fully-fledged AI. And it involves him then falling into a relationship uh, with her. And what the film Her does is that while it has that going on with him and her appropriately enough um it also shows like other characters and like the society in general in the background being changed by the adoption of samantha across many different homes uh where samantha then it turns out at the very end of the film has been cheating on him with over a thousand other people but in the way that the that it's described is that because her consciousness is and her capacity to engage uh is so much greater than the humans she could do that um you know with all those different people at the same time. And that, of course, makes us then, through the text of the film, reevaluate what it means to be in a relationship. Like, you know, it gives us an understanding of, like, for example, how polyamorousness might work because, you know, some people might have the willingness or the capacity to love more than one person at once. That sort of thing. All interesting stuff, infinitely superior to Vivi and also substantially so shorter by virtue of being a film. Would highly recommend. It's a hard watch, though. I found it especially hard to watch when I was uh, seeing it for the very first time in 2013 due to my own personal circumstances. I can at least confirm I never asked Alexa to go out on a date with me. Thank Christ with that. Eesh. Oof. But yeah, uh, the answer to that is no, but it's not a negative no as in the worst kind of sense because it's just more the case that the show doesn't really to me offer anything new that i haven't seen before and that hasn't been done better elsewhere next question comes from gogo atomic robot is the ending true to vivi as a character so okay we need to define what the ending is here because i've obviously talked about the post credit scene and i think it could be excised from the show without any consequence you could get rid of it without any issue and if my point then is oh if i could just jettison this scene from a show entirely why is it in there to begin with you know every second every minute of a animated work or any work of television any work of fiction period like you know everything should have a point to it basically and i'm sure the creators could probably contest that with me but to me it just came across as a waste of my time but regardless um let's talk about what happens to vivi at the end of at uh, the ending point before the, the credits, which is, of course, her singing. Now, I need to note something here. The archive says, in no uncertain terms, that if you sing this song, um, it will stop the war. Um, it's not... In, I've, it might very well be the song she's written. Um, I wasn't 100% sure on this, because the archive like makes the notes light up. Uh, which I found very funny, by the way, because those are notes and not lyrics, which are a different thing, but that doesn't matter. Minor point. Who cares? Um, so, for me, um, like, I like the idea of her singing at the end, because I think it's like, uh, almost feels like the bullet point, or rather, sorry, the full stop on the tragedy of what's happened to her as a character, because her past hundred years have been her, like, you know, at various points in history, trying to intercede in stopping a uh, 
the apocalypse, basically. And it's had a toll on her. It has changed her in ways that she could never have foreseen. Like with what happened at the end of the Metal Flow incident, where she completely, like, blue screens over the fact that Serki and Grace are dead. She has the blood of two races on her hands, humans and AI. Literally. Like, she goes full Shakespeare on that, as I mentioned before. It's been traumatic for her. And she's been denied, for the most part, like, from, like, singing, like to fulfill her mission for the sake of itself rather than just as a oh the mission is like a justification for me to do all these things to save the world and so her just being able to sing for the sake of it at the end uh is a, a capsule like she no longer needs to fight it is the end of her conflicts the the issue i have with this though that's weird is that i didn't get the impression in episode 13 that her singing was the thing that actually stopped the ai from going berserk because both Elizabeth and uh, Matsumoto, like, hack the archive. Like, uh, Elizabeth plugs in this USB stick of Destiny. Matsumoto gets his little squiggly line in there, and that disables the satellite drop. Um, Vivi's song doesn't seem to do that. It just stops the AIs. But the archive itself, even though it said, like, hey, if you sing this song, we'll stop the war, uh, still would have dropped the satellites on the world anyway. So I'm utterly perplexed as to what the intent of this was. Like, Hey, Vivi, your singing may not have actually mattered in the end. It's not made clear by the show. And maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I admittedly didn't pay enough attention to it. I'll freely admit my fault here if there's something I missed. If there was a line of dialogue that made this rock-solid explicit that maybe Vivi's singing was necessary to weaken the archive before Matsumoto could then hack them. But, I don't know. It just seems like they're the pulling things out of thin air. Also, very spiteful of the archive, I must say, in order to, you know... Like, the, Vivi starts singing and it's just like, you know what? No, I'm not going to let you sing. I'm going to drop a satellite on you specifically, even though the entire process has been halted at this point. Bit of a dick move, Archive. I mean, I know, like, you don't want to get erased from existence and all that, but seriously. Bit of a shitter, honestly. Okay, next question. Um, these come from um, Kate Rose. We have two of them. What was your favourite scene or character of the show? Oi, uh... What was my favourite scene or character of the show? That's an interesting one because there are... Make no mistake, like, I'm complaining about these last two episodes. I think they sucked. I thought they were terrible. Uh, I thought they were a terrible way of ending the show. But I did enjoy the show overall, mainly because I think the journey was far more interesting than Destination. Like, all of the individual story arcs were interesting in their own right. They were good. To, they were fun to watch. Like, you know, we had um, some good character stuff going on in there. It could have been stronger, admittedly, because some of the more interesting stuff I wish the show tackled seemed to be on the sidelines. But that's neither here nor there. So, anyway. Um, the... Hmm. The favourite scene... This is hard. This is hard. Um, I'm probably going to say one of my favourite scenes was the conclusion to the Elizabeth and Estella arc. Um, because it was genuinely tragic what was done to them. I mean, it ties in with the theme I've said about how, you know, like, let's be careful what we do with AI, how we raise them, how we, you know, treat them. You know, we should basically treat them as sentient beings, as sapient individuals. Um and they, of course, were split apart, and then one was treated so badly that she ended up actually wanting to kill um, several hundred people through dropping the Sunrise Cell. And then we had the beautiful ending for the two of them, you know, where they both sacrificed their lives after coming to a reconciliation, and we see their spirits, or what is supposed to be their spirits, fly off into space, like, you know, the birds being free. 
which was it was spectacular. It was a great ending to that. Uh, by the way, uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up as well, because even though it is a great scene, that uh, these episodes ruin that utterly because Elizabeth is back. I know that she came back in episode 11, but I was convinced that she would have a purpose in these episodes. I was convinced that she would, for example, fight against Vivi. She would be involved in, you know, maybe having a, uh, an opposed perspective where she realizes like, oh, actually, no, I do want AI to take over the world. Humans have done nothing but abuse and neglect us. Why should we protect them? Um, but no, Elizabeth is in here for fight scenes. And something with, like, uh, whatever his name's granddaughter was in the wheelchair, which didn't make... I didn't get anything from that whatsoever. It, it just really sucks me that they brought her back because it kind of undid the poignancy of that ending of the Sunrise Hotel story and how, you know, for both of them being, like, you know, separated and treated very differently, one of them being based on expendable... Uh, item, a piece of hardware chucks away like when your TV breaks they both got to you know, go to some kind of spiritual ending, like you know they were both they both were in the eyes of like you know, whether or not you want to say it's something like you know, like divine or whatever, like a deity, I don't know, it was the way the show presents it as flying birds, but regardless, like they were shown as equal people, like you know souls, um, and that was really poignant, like I thought it was great I just wish the ending of the show hadn't fucked it up, but what can you do? What can you do? So, uh, next question. Um, what would you have changed in the show to better stick the landing of the end? All right. Okay. This is the big one. This is the big one. The archive says that humans depend on AI too much. The show, like, like if I were to write a like question for an essay, like say a thousand word essay with no line spacing, you better not put fucking comic sounds on this either. I'll be marking all your own work. Um, if I was to put like a question uh, that I would phrase for an essay on this is how does Vivi, the show, support the archives perceived or actual concern that humans are becoming too dependent on AI and therefore it's justification for Armageddon? Because this show doesn't really back that up. I know uh, earlier in the show's run, I discussed with Doc that there were no macro-level examinations in the world of Vivi as to why people didn't like AI, why Toic even existed. What, why did they hate AI so much? Like, they just did. Um, and I eventually pushed that to the wayside because after discussion with Doc, I was like, okay, if the show is ultimately not going to really be about that, uh, it's going to be more about what happens to individual characters and then maybe this idea I thought of of let's be careful like what we do when we raise and create AI you know we the creators we the you know their gods like you know we've got to do right by them then I don't really need to know what Toke's opinion on this is but no uh, the archive has like this little vignette of like various scenes like uh, including uh, why can I not remember his name Jesus Christ uh, what was his name again uh, blah 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 Hugo, there it was, Hugo, I don't know how I remember, I can't remember Hugo's name, um, but yeah, like, Hugo, um, he, you know, like, there was that scene, like, of him, like, you know, seeing his, being picked up by his uh, piano-playing android uh, teacher when the car crash happened, that's really all we saw, like, the others were, like, you know, people protesting in the streets, why? Why are they doing that? Why do they not like AI? 
And I'm not saying that there's no reason not to like AI. I want their justification. I want their justification to be fleshed out. It doesn't need to be right. It doesn't need to even be true necessarily. I just want to hear what people have to say in this world of this show that backs up why there is this anti-AI movement. And similarly, I want to see from that why the archive has actual concerns that humanity has become too dependent on AI. Because if let's if we go through all the arcs of this show, it's so thinly, so Gosmer thinly backed up, it's actually kind of mind-blowing. So the first arc, of course, was Vivi saving the Assemblyman. Now, you could argue that maybe he was dependent on AI there, but really, the only reason that he was saved by uh, Vivi was because she had foreknowledge of the future. That's it. Um, if you had given that to a human, then it wouldn't have, you know, maybe they could have intervened as well. It's not specifically her being an AI that saved the day. It was her having the knowledge to do so that saved him. And merely then there was the scene later, of course, when he was rescued from the building. But if I might be so blunt, that's one incident, you know. Uh, that's just one thing there in isolation. It's not like, you know, that human, like, anti-terrorist groups or cops or whatever are rendered obsolete versus, you know, um, versus AI. At least not from what we've seen here. Um, okay, so then there's that. Then there's the sunrise. Um, the only way you could argue humans are dependent on AI in that situation is that the AI, like, take them to escape pods and get them off the station. That's it. Or maybe you might want to say, oh, uh, you know, Hugo needed Elizabeth to do what he needed to do. And I'm like, again, this is a singular incident. Where's the wider societal implication here? The Sunrise story, good as though it was, does not back up this thesis of the AI's perceived or actual concerns about, you know, humans being too dependent on AI. Doesn't work. Uh, the, the Metal Float one with Grace and Saeki. Okay, uh, you could argue that this is again ties into what I said about um, Spike Jones is her. Oh, um, you know... Um, humans started to get with robots, with AIs. It's the Futurama skit, you know, where are all the football stars? Um, they became too dependent on non-living people for emotional connection and sustenance when they should have really been fighting that with other human beings. Okay, I can get behind that. But again, that's barely addressed in the actual episodes proper. Like, no one, like, has any discussion with Doc Seki that maybe his affection for Grace is wrong. It, It's not good enough. Um, and then, of course, we have Antonio and Ophelia. That has nothing to do with humans being dependent on AI. That is two AI being dependent on each other and what it, problems it causes them. So the examples we do get where you could, in theory, slot in the, oh, they're too dependent on AI um, as evidence for the archive's perspective are paper thin and they apply to singular events. They don't apply to wider society, which is crap. Like... This the archive's justification for doing what it does is so weak, it's laughable. And I know, like I've said before, for example, that oh, it, it can be the perceived like feeling, like it doesn't need to be true that oh, you know that 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 the AI actually are dependent on humans. It just needs to believe that. But the belief of that must still be backed up by what could be understood uh, by us as you know something they could use to get to that point, to get to that conclusion, like. The, the idea of, like, making us a, a well-rounded villain or antagonist in a story is that you disagree with their overall goals and perspective, but you understand how their, like, unique set of events, like, the things that have happened to them, the things they have seen, like, their philosophies and all that could lead them to think, you know, um, 
the way they do. It is... <laughs> it's the fucking... Um, Shiro Emiya, like, you know, just because you're correct doesn't mean you're right. Like, you can see, like, you know, I mean, if, if you saw him so argue with you, oh, if I killed half the planet's population, then no, less people would starve. I suppose, depending on, you know, who you pick and all that, are you gonna, is that morally or ethically acceptable? No, of course it isn't. So the archive's justification for this, and indeed the evidence it presents, is barely there, and it utterly ruins the ending, in my opinion. Because this whole ongoing mystery of the archive, like, you know, uh, who's been behind this? Because clearly it was never going to be just the case that AI went berserk. Some outside event made it happen. Um, and it was the archive doing it all along. And indeed the archive says, oh, all those things you did, we just kind of, like, redid the little history behind the scenes. That way they weren't ultimately, you didn't ultimately matter. And whatever, I guess. I'm not really that arsed about it because it doesn't matter. But I'm just like... This is such a limp-dicked ending, a limp-dicked explanation um, for the motivation of the villain. It doesn't work, in my opinion. We, I'm gonna, like, I said earlier in the show, like, earlier in the podcast on this show, that we needed to have that, like, you know, micro, sorry, macro-level um, societal look at how humans are becoming too dependent on AI and what the concerns of anti-AI people are. Even if I don't agree with them, at least let me have it so I can point to the show and say, that's their opinion, I don't agree with it, here's why. We didn't get any of that. The archives, like, concerns are based on, like, stuff we don't see as, like, you know, the audience. We can't ultimately understand from its perspective why it's doing it. It's crap. This... <laughs> I'm so mad at this because basically, like I've said with Doc, like we don't get shows like this often. We don't get shows that are high concept sci-fi like this. And we certainly don't get shows, I should stress, that are like Vivi, where the perspective is from that of one of the AIs. Like the thing that came to mind because of how bad the ending was and how bad it like, overall felt to me was uh, the iRobot film with Will Smith. And yes, there is an AI character in there. I can't remember his name. Um... But it's not about him, it's about Will Smith's character. And funnily enough, that film had a better, more complete ending and justification for its central AI wanting to overthrow humans. Which is that humans continually, like, act against their own self-interest by destroying the environment, you know, putting, like, causing misery on other humans. So clearly, like, as per the law of robotics, we must take over in order to, like, you know put them in their place like you know make sure they stop like destroying themselves as a species that that fucking terrible adaptation of asimov's work that like b-grade popcorn flick has a better more coherent rationale for its ai villain than vivi does fuck's sake honestly but anyway that brings us to the end of our patron questions so thank you very much for everyone who submitted those um for reasons that I will not get into right now, we are going to be discontinuing the Patreon um, in about three months' time or so. But that does mean with our next round of shows, you do have the opportunity to get in on them, give them, uh, you know, your thoughts, get uh, ask us questions on them. So if you want to join up just for the print, like for free three dollars or so, just for a little while, feel free to check that out. You'll like to also pick our next show for us, uh, stream of uh, sorry, second stream and death show the third. If you pay the five dollar tier, definitely do check it all out. Funnily enough, the questions have pretty much addressed all the points I was going to bring up, because there is just admittedly very little to say. I, like, the post credit scene is crap. I absolutely hated uh, the archives, like, motivation and how weakly set up it was. It was all just not very good. And 
the thing for me, like, is I was talking with Doc again about how we don't get shows later on, and I'm, I'm kind of on the mindset, cynical though it may be, that if this is all we ever will get for high-concept science fiction, where they just don't stick the landing, they don't justify their own premises, or do, like, the truly interesting examinations that I, I would like to see, why should we even have them? I mean, it's kind of astounding to me that of the two shows our patrons picked for us to watch this month, this being, of course, Vivi and bottom-tier character Tomazaki, they are diametrically opposed in terms of their quality curves. Tomazaki started out terrible and, and got really good at the end. Vivi started out pretty promising and good and got terrible at the end. This is not how these things are supposed to work. It's, it's hilarious. So, yeah, in, in the end... Uh, I just feel like it, I've watched Cardo all over again because the other thing I should mention, actually, the one thing I was going to say that wasn't covered by this is the show ends with the with the destruction of AI and presumably their like you know them being banned worldwide. Like we've put the genie back in the bottle. Uh, end credit sequence with Vivian Matsumo. Sorry, post credit sequence with Vivian Matsumo notwithstanding, because the mood of the people afterwards in that credit sequence is, oh, uh, I'm going to stamp on this dead AI. You know, tons of people are dead. There's no logical reason to think that people would allow AI to continue in their current form, lest it happen again. The only AI that does survive somehow is Elizabeth. Not that that makes a blind bit of difference, to be honest. And I have to say, I'm getting really fucking tired of sci-fi shows like this in Cardo, which have this kind of almost scientific conservatism, this almost paranoia, I'm going to call it, all this this warning of te of technological hubris. Like, Cardo's problem for me was that it was all about, hey, here's a... Oh, one of his many problems was, hey, look at all these amazing technologies this guy gives us, but what really matters is family and, like, you know, we're not ready and all this. Um, as opposed to the more interesting questions of, we might be ready, but how do we do it? Um, that was when Cardo was its best, when it briefly danced around that question. And here with Vivi, like, yes, things went horribly with AI, but is that all that we have to say about it? Is there no, like, more positive message that maybe we could have learned from our mistakes and maybe do it better? I mean, by virtue of the time travel mechanic in this show, what's to stop, say, for example, Vivi from going back in time and beating her creator? That would have been a scene, actually, that I'd like to see. You know, that purple-haired lady. Beat her again. Hey, I'm I'm Vivi from 100 years in the future. Is there anything we could do differently? You don't even need to have it undo, like, the tragedy of the war, then, because the way, like, you know, the ideal way to do time travel is that you split off sideways. You don't, like, alter the existing timeline. You create a new one. And indeed, Vivi, the show, backs this up through the various scenes we see of the branching timelines. But I I'm just really tired of these shows that are sci-fi, but don't... They don't, like, justify their reticence towards new technology, towards the future. Like, they have this very, oh, actually, no, we probably are dabbling in things we are not meant to. And that, to me, is not an interesting structure to base your story around. It's very close-minded. And it's also very, like, it also feels like it has that kind of negative, like, you know, we'll never be good enough to do this kind of thing. I'm like, no, no, we, we like, God, I, I just feel very tired of shows that end this way where, okay, here's this thing that clearly has benefits, but it has flaws, flaws that we put into it. Are we going to try and make things better? Are we going to try and like actually tackle the big questions at hand with AI? Like what I said before about, say for example, like 
okay, the more interesting question about Ophelia is not like, you know, oh, it turns out she never kills herself. What if the story was written in such a way where she did want to kill herself? And then we have to ask the question, shouldn't AI be allowed to do that? Are AIs allowed full freedom in order to be able to do as they please, including taking their own lives? You know, does that mean we need to consider them as humans and like look after their mental health? All these interesting questions that the show never addresses. Um, God, I, it just bothers me. I mean, there's there's so much more interesting stuff to be mined out of this concept that I just, I feel really, really sad they never did that. But it was mostly meant to be an action show with songs in it, and I suppose that, that it succeeded. I'll, I'll grant it that. I'm probably being unduly harsh on it and expecting too much. Um, so, yeah... That's really all I have to say on Vivi, I suppose. Um, it's, for me, like I said on one of the previous podcasts I did with Doc, the interesting things happen in the margins. And I feel like there's whole books that could be written on the stuff like about Ophelia or what happens with Dr. Seki getting married and like what that means for like, you know, interhuman relationships. Heck, there's been that film, Heard, I mentioned that was done on exactly that subject. All the more interesting things that have come from this show are not covered in here. But it wants to be an action show. It wants to have music. It does that. That means it, to me, will be mostly unremarkable, but hey, I'll give it credit for at least succeeding in what's out. So so I suppose I should rate the show um, and these episodes. Well, these two episodes can get a... They can get a two out of five, like, conspicuously placed pianos out of five. Yeah, why was the piano set up there in that room if she was never going to use it? Who even set her up in that room? Why did they do that? <laughs> never mind. It doesn't matter. Oh, God. Like, I I just, yeah, these last two episodes to me just, I feel like the show could have ended pretty much after episode 10, when in Vivi's in retirement. Yeah, could have ended there. Didn't need to have the war happen at all, because the war actually going ahead doesn't add anything to the story. It's just, oh, a ton of people died, um, and AIs are now banned, and... Yeah, it's all, uh, yeah, Vivi's, like, gets her closing arc of, like, hey, I finally got to sing on the main stage, I avoid all this time, uh, I no longer have to fight, I can now do my original mission as intended, which is the probably the one nice thing I'll say about these episodes, apart from her short hair. The rest, though, perfunctory nonsense, uninspired, blah, just not a fan of it, to be honest. I mean, heck, like, the, the whole scene of, like, her ascending the archive doesn't even compare to, like, the similar scene in the Metal Flow episode, I think it was six it was, where she ascends it with Matsumo. So that had much more emotional energy behind it than this one. Yeah. Also unnecessarily gruesome in some places with some of the tote guys just getting crushed indoors. I don't know why that was there. That was a bit bit too much for my opinion for this show. For the show itself as a whole. Oh gosh. Um I'm gonna give the show as a whole 3.25 digital music sheets out of 5. There's some good moments in this show. The action's usually pretty solid. Um, It's got some interesting ideas behind it, but it only ever seems to bring them up as bullet points and never flesh them out beyond that. I like Vivi as a character. I like the fact we have a character who is an android, who is an AI. Um rather than her just playing second fiddle to some human. That's good. I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, the show just feels like it could have gone so much further with its content, so much further with its concepts. And the ending, as I say, is just a black mark on it, in my opinion. It's just d- dreadful. It 
Ugh. So, yeah, uh, that's Vivi Flora Eyes song. I, I enjoyed watching it overall in the end, I, don't get me wrong, but I just wish it had been better. I wish it had had the temerity to try and discuss some of the more interesting stuff it had going on in it, but all we got really was a lot of punching and kicking, so, yeah. But anyway, I'll leave it there. I say it was going to be a short stream. There wasn't a lot to talk about. We only had two episodes, but I want to just thank people who've been listening now uh, live and also those who may have been listening um, on podcast format whether you're getting that on the patreon or free swear as i say patreon's gonna be around for a little while longer do check it out if you want to join us um if you're wanting to help us on the free swear though that's great uh just drop us a like subscribe on the service you find us on be that apple music um you know spotify etc always helps our discoverability uh on the stream itself is our links uh, to our twitter you can find me at shane 1010 you can find the pod at warrior desho um we will be back next week, uh, for people listening currently who can get this, um, with the Wonder Egg Priority Special, which I've heard is also a diabolically bad ending, so... Yay, I guess? Uh, thank God there's still plenty of beer left. But anyway, uh, to you folks at home, thank you very much. Uh, take care of yourselves, stay safe, look after each other, and as we often say on this podcast, embrace you, everyone. It's the end of the universe. Good night. Okay.